0: Coming up on Tech News Today, Android users, beware. Is your authentication being compromised? Plus, California wants privacy up front. Amazon's going Hollywood and Coyote and Sony's apology package. All that and more coming up.
1: Netcasts you love.
0: From people you trust.
1: This This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com.
0: Damn you, Howl. This is Tech News Today for Tuesday, May 17th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. Also, for a 14 day trial, go to squarespace.com slash TNT and be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to 20% off. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Sarah Lane.
1: I'm
2: Aya Zaktar. I'm Jason Howell.
1: (laughs) And I'm Darren Kitchen. Sorry, I wasn't
3: wasn't sure where you were coming in because you're joining us for the first story. My apologies.
1: Yeah, I'm just popping in to say hello. How are you guys?
0: Good, Darren. So, Darren's joining us uh, because uh, the first story off the top of the show is right up your alley, Darren, because it's all about Android user data and it being stolen.
2: Yeah, this story is making the rounds. Over at the University of Ulm, or I don't know how to say this. It's Ulm um, University. It's University in Germany. In Germany, They found a huge security problem on Android with its client login authentication protocol. And since this is kinda of technical, I'm gonna to have to just read off a couple of things here. Uh, when an Android device authenticates user details for Android market and Google services, it passes an authentication token in clear text. Uh, the problem is when the returned auth token, it can remain valid for up to two weeks, And uh, when it's used on insecure HTTP networks, hackers can sniff out the auth token and use it to access your personal data. So things like your calendar and your contact data and your photos, your web albums, can be accessed if you have anything like Android two point three three and below,
0: which a lot of people do. In fact, yeah. some folks aren't able to uh, to to upgrade to a newer version. Darren, I mean, does does two weeks of an auth token being open and able to be um, taken strike you as a really long period of
1: time? No, I know. You know, I'm pretty sure that a cookie. I think a cookie can actually be used for up to a month. Wow. So you know, this is really the same kind of idea as a cookie and um, and you know it's the same story we've been hearing over and over and over again say like with fire sheep on how people were like oh my gosh my cookie can be sniffed and then people can do what's called sidejacking, where they log in as you I mean the basic problem here is that when the phone tries to go ahead and use this function called cl- uh, client login it will authenticate with HTTP uh, not encrypted connections if it's uh, before Android 2.3.3, and in response to that, they get this auth token, which is like we said, just like a cookie. And then any eavesdropper, say like on a public Wi-Fi network, if they get a hold of that, they can go ahead and impersonate you, because that auth token isn't actually tied to your device. So since it's not specific to you, somebody can emulate you and uh, go ahead and, and get some some data that's personal to you that way. And security researchers, they advise people to Go ahead and disable the uh, syncing so that your calendars and your contacts and stuff like that won't try to sync while you're on public Wi-Fi or don't even bother with wireless networks altogether uh, until, you know, of course, hopefully, you know, you upgrade to 2.3.4 and this isn't a problem with uh, calendars and contacts. It's still actually a problem with Picasa. So this is one of those things where uh, Android needs to change. the the, uh, the OS so that everything always goes over HTTPS, um, and you know this is my little response here to the black hats that may be in the audience. You know, in addition to what the security researchers have advised, uh, staying off of wireless networks, things like and I guess I should disclose that I sell these, but like a Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi pineapple or something like that that could emulate another network could uh, trick a user into joining their network unbeknownst to them that they're uh, they're not on the encrypted network they think they're on. And then second of all, there's a, there's a tool by um, uh, Marley, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Moxon Spike, I'm sorry, I'm butchering that. Anyway, um, it's a tool called SSL Strip, which uh, basically reduces HTTPS to HTTP. And while I haven't tried it, I, I have a, a suspicion that that may Work to allow an attacker to convince the uh, Android, even a patched Android, even the latest version, to go ahead and use the lower protocol if they're still allowing that for backwards compatibility.
2: Darren, is there any technical reason why? They are sticking with HTTP over HTTPS. Is this like a technical implementation <laughs> problem? Is this just because they don't want to code it? What's what's the problem here?
1: I don't know. I'm assuming that it's the same reason why up until recently we didn't have Twitter over HTTPS or Facebook over HTTPS. It, it wasn't until a tool like wow. FireSheep came out that brought this to the attention of everyone that hey, when you send stuff in clear text, it's in clear text, and anyone on your network can read it. And you know, this it's the reason why we use protocols like SSH instead of Telnet. It's the reason why we should be using HTTPS for, you know, our secure stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it's the, the age-old, like, OMG, my packets can be sniffed.
0: Well, it's, I- it's interesting, though, that some of the best advice that that you're getting, even from folks at Verizon who are like, listen, we'll try to provide our customers with an updated version of Android as soon as possible. Until then, just don't use unsecured networks. But then there's the argument we've talked about in the past that, Not all Wi-Fi networks should be locked down all the time because think of the convenience when, you you know, you really need to get online somehow and maybe you don't have 3G service and and you're near a laundromat and you've got, you know, you've got time to kill and that sort of thing. It's like, it's not necessarily just that we need to um, password protect every single Wi-Fi network to avoid issues like this. But as Darren pointed out, it's not just the fact that somebody on an open network could be sniffing out your information, but they could be spoofing the network entirely. I mean, if you go to a uh, your favorite coffee shop and it's called Coffee Shop Public One, somebody can just... Call their network, Coffee Shop Public One. Or you go to
3: Starbucks and there's a Starbucks <laughs> space. Exactly. And you don't yeah. see the
1: space. Yeah. Well, so you well, connect you know, it, and all it, of it, a sudden you're, not, you're <laughs> not
0: where you think you are at all. And yeah. I don't think people, you know, many people probably haven't even thought about that.
1: It, well, you, you bring up the good point that, like what you said, the fundamental problem here is convenience. You know, the user doesn't want to have to, you know, uh, remember what the BSS ID of the, the, uh, access point is, they just care what it's called, which mm-hmm. is the ESS idea, the human readable one, not like the MAC address stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's that convenience that that hackers time and time again exploit because those are where the weaknesses they are, the the fundamental uh, flaw in uh, you know, just the inherent trust of the the computer and, and the human. And you're mentioning, oh, if you have like Starbucks with a space in it or something like that, but like a device like this, we'll go ahead and see, oh, hey, I'm you know I'm saying I want to connect to Starbucks and this goes yeah that's me you know I'm trying to connect to toothpick birds this will say yeah I'm toothpick birds it doesn't need to be pre-programmed for that and you know so the, the so the fact that you're connected to a um, unencrypted wireless network is is not you know encrypting the wireless network isn't the solution the solution is to you know is is to put the security at the source and every additional bit of security is another good layer you know to have like WPA to encrypted wireless and stuff like that. But, I mean, essentially, this, the, the ball's in Android's court, the ball's in Google's court to fix this.
3: It really seems like this happens, this has been happening so much, and the question that I have every time it happens, if, whether it's a matter of you know, just add an S to the end of HTTP to make it more secure, or you know don't send things over plain text, is it just a matter of laziness for the developers in the sense that, they be, that they're just going to go, oh, well, we don't want to do that because that's going to take time, and no one's going to go there anyways, so big deal, or is it absolutely an oversight.
1: Well, I, I guess a that's a question
3: the, we might not know the answer to. But.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, I'd have to talk I mean, I talked to some developers that say, you know, oh, well, the frameworks, you know, written for http or oh, it's it's, it's complicated. I think there's definitely uh, a lot of uh, education that needs to be going on. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really know why it took us so long to get https on say Facebook and Twitter and yeah, things like that. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, unfortunately, it sounds like uh, for many Android users uh, that uh, Wi-Fi networks uh, are uh, inherently dangerous, and you really need to be careful. um, If you are on an open Wi-Fi network, your data is is it's possibly in jeopardy depending on, of course, what Android version you're running and should just try to take care of yourself as much as possible. Darren, I know you have to scoot. Uh, the Hack5 team is busy t- talking a little bit about your new studio and all the cool stuff that's going on. But yeah. thanks so much for joining us, at least at of the course. top of the show, to talk about all of this. And uh, we'll see you uh, next Monday, if not sooner. All
1: right. Yeah, we'll see you then. Take care, guys. Thanks, thanks. Darren.
0: Darren Kitchen of hack5.org. So I, as I know that we've talked in the past a little bit about California and how they want tightened social network privacy controls and, and there, there have been bills, there have been proposals, and there's a bit of an update, isn't there?
2: Yeah, well, let's talk about the California law that was proposed. It's, the, it's it's a bill, SB 242, and this is from the actual bill. Social networking sites would have to allow users to establish their privacy settings, like who could view their profile and what information could be public to everyone on the Internet when they register to join the site instead of after they join. Mm-hmm. Uh, sites that would also, would also have to set to defaults to private so that users would choose which information is public. Now, what's happened is Facebook, Google, Twitter, Match.com, and a whole bunch of other companies, they're opposing this. Because they're saying there are there's, they have four big reasons they're saying that this is going to decrease overall consumer privacy this is this bill's unnecessary they're saying the bill will do damage to California's tech sector and this is a violation of both the us and California constitutions using a free speech argument uh, and what's what's kind of crazy I mean their, their argument is that people will just click anyway it doesn't matter what they see when they see it up front if, uh-huh. if you've got If you went to Facebook and you registered and said, hey, do you want to make your photos private, this private, this private, that private, you might just click through and just go ahead anyway. They called it uh, privacy shrink wrap or something like that. And people will ignore it. So it's not going to necessarily be to the benefit of the consumers. Uh, I don't know. I mean, would you actually use this? Would you actually pay attention to this if it was in your face when you first registered? Or is it something that you should do after you sign in?
0: Uh, so I, I I can kind of see both sides of this. I think that nobody, if you're not forced to set your, your privacy settings when you sign up for a new service, be it Facebook or anything else where privacy settings will change your experience. If you're not forced to do that at the beginning, you just won't do it. Um, and this happens to me all the time because I end up getting, you know, email notification. You know, I've flooded with emails and it's like, why am I getting all this stuff? Oh, I haven't set my privacy and my notification settings for X service that I just signed up with. Should have done that before and now I'm annoyed and I have to go back in and do it. So on one hand, I think, hey, if I was forced to set all of that stuff off the bat and that way I can't claim that I didn't know... I can't, uh, you know, I'm not going to get uh, notifications or have people contacting me because I would have, have to, had to explicitly say, yes, you can do that ahead of time. Then there, uh, it cuts down on some confusion and questions later and unwanted um, communication. But at the same time, yeah, I, I mean, I think that when when people are signing up for services we're very used to the sign up process and you, you you kind of just want to get through it as much as possible and if you're forced to set privacy settings off the top then you might end up reading them less because you're just trying to get to the service that you want to be part of.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, the, how, how often do we talk about terms of service that people don't read them, they just kind of scroll down, hit agree, and then we're done. Right. Same kind of thing could happen here. I mean, I don't know if this is going to help anybody. And uh, the, the, the companies are are also arguing that, um, that this is, there's no reason that Calif- uh, people in California need this protection. Nobody's asking for this. <laughs> and there's no reason, there's no harm that's been done to them. So why, are, why is this coming on to... Uh, the responsibility of these companies. On top of that, there's some crazy fines, something like ten thousand dollars for every instance of violation. So they're obviously not thrilled with this idea. Yeah, and they, no, they, would they would have to change. They would have to. I
3: yeah, and- I, c- I can completely understand. Like you take Facebook for example. So imagine signing up for Facebook, and the first thing that pops up in part of the process is, "All right, change your settings," which their privacy settings are like pages and pages. Mm-hmm. At that point, you don't know the service enough to really understand or comprehend what you're changing at that point. And I would. Imagine Imagine on the company's side, they're probably going to allow you to skip through it quickly by defaulting it to a certain level, but you have the ability to change it if you want to. So they might end up defaulting it stronger than the way they are right now uh, when you sign up and they don't give you those privacy settings up front. Assuming that most people are just going to skip through it and accept everything because they had the choice to change it if they wanted to. You know what I mean?
2: That reminds me when Facebook actually did change their privacy settings and you had this splash screen where they're like, hey, you can change your settings right now. You should. And it was really, really annoying. Like you were just trying to (laughs) look what's (laughs) going on at Facebook. You didn't want this thing, you know, right on on the screen because you wanted to read your news or something like that. But. I, it wouldn't. It, wouldn't it actually stop people from signing up if they did have pages yeah, and pages? It would pages, stop some like, people. Well, I don't sure. want to do this. Well,
0: I think also Facebook. I mean, it's not just Facebook. I mean, Twitter, Match.com, dot com, eHarmony. I mean, sites that uh, Twitter not, not quite so much, but sites that do business by knowing the most information about you and having the uh, wanting you to have as open uh, settings protocol as possible they don't get anything out of having to force you to choose your privacy settings off the top with the default being as private as possible because people are lazy and they're right. just gonna go, sure, okay, private as possible. I, I just wanna talk to my mom on Facebook. Actually, nobody just wants to sign up for Facebook to talk to their mom, but <laughs> you, know, you get the idea. And yeah. so it, it doesn't help their business because they're gonna get a bunch of folks that aren't as engaged and they're not gonna be able to glean as much information from them. So uh, you know, you know, they've, they've got their own interest as well. All right, so should we move on to the PlayStation Network update? I, I'm i kind of dragging my feet because I'm just so tired it of it. Seems but like they it. actually have more information than ever about exactly what their users are going to get um, for, for the hardships they've endured over the last, what was it? Is it now 27 days? It was 26 days. So or will
3: we'll continue to endure over... Uh, well, I mean, the...
0: the, 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 the the outage is not completely back, but I mean they're 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 a restoring service. Um, to, um, it's an ongoing process, and they've offered something called an apology package. This is like I'm very sorry, sweetheart. Instead of flowers. Uh, we're ready to yeah. give you yeah. some free games. <laughs> so uh, we'll go through this quickly. All PlayStation Network customers can select two PS3 games from the following list. Um, Dead Nation, in- Infamous, Infamous, Little Big Planet, Super Stardust, HD Wipeout, or HD Fury. So it's kind of like, you know, my first reaction off the top is, so you give me a list of games, but I can only choose two. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden this is kind of complicated what if I have already bought all of these games? I'm going to feel slighted. Or what if, as some folks have complained, these games don't seem cool or hip enough where they're kind of old or I get the sense that Sony is just trying to give them away.
2: On top of that, if you look at ZDNet had a nice piece uh, talking about what these games cost, Dead Nation's fifteen bucks, Infamous is nineteen dollars, Little Big Planets fourteen dollars. They're I mean, giving you a bargain bin. Yeah, yeah. These, these basically. aren't like the hottest games or yeah. anything. And, and since these are relatively old, there's a chance you already own them. So uh this is their welcome back package. And so this is what they're hoping that people were going to be Oh yeah, we totally forgive you. Thanks for the old games. Uh, the games will only be available for 30 days after the
0: PlayStation Store is restored, although as long as you end up choosing your games within those 30 days, you keep them forever. So, you know, they're at least banking on the fact that a lot of people are, again, lazy and, and will be like, oh, that was 34 days ago. Darn it. Um, there's a similar package for PSP owners. You'll be eligible to download two PSP games from a list of, again, Little Big Planet, ModNation Nation Racers, Pursuit Force, Killzone, Liberation, you know, you go through the official uh, PlayStation blog, um, where they outlined all of these um, these perks in the apology package, plus a few others. For the most part, it sounds like at least the users who are commenting are like, "Thank you, Sony. We appreciate this." There's definitely some folks who are complaining that they're they're not giving enough. Um, da- uh, not Darren. Jason had mentioned before the show because I had said, "You know, what if you don't like these games? I mean, you're if it doesn't work for you, aren't you going to?" You know, your Sony has to know that some people are going to feel like this is not enough. Why not just offer them some sort of a credit, yeah, and right. they can buy whatever two games that the credit uh, covers. Maybe you have to throw in another couple bucks if it's a particularly expensive game.
3: Potentially the way they have it set up right now and the games that they have listed to share with you hurts your most uh, passionate users, right? Because if, right. you, if you're a person you that just loves them. everything PlayStation, you've bought all these, you're the user that they probably want to win over more than anybody else because you're very valuable to them. But they're offering you a bunch of games that you already have or they're really old and you have no interest in anyways. Offer credits of some sort so you can buy whatever you want you
0: know? Yeah, or at the very least, if you've got this list of games, don't make us choose two. Just give them to us. I mean, they're the bargain basement games, right? <laughs> well,
2: it's possible. It's like the technical issue could be bandwidth. Right. I mean, you're downloading sure. these games, yes. so you got a lot even of users. though nobody's going to have sympathy for Sony on this one, I mean, it, they should be giving something, something better than this. But they also still are giving the identity protection, and that whole other set of things, and right. and their promises that everything will be okay now.
0: Yeah, the, the uh, 30 days free PlayStation Plus membership for non-PlayStation Plus subscribers still there. Um, uh, uh, existing Music Unlimited premium trial subscription members will receive an additional 30 days of the premium f- subscription, also uh, a perk of the apology package. Uh, There was actually an interesting comment uh, that was made um, uh, again on this blog post by someone who said, and this guy or gal just had really bad timing. They said, I actually bought my PS3 the first day of the outage, but I'm not considered an existing member of the PlayStation Network just because of very unfortunate timing. Although I bought my PS3, I brought it home and then it sat there for three weeks or 26 days, however long it was. So you know, I I was I was feeling the pain as well. I wasn't able to play these games. I hadn't been a member before, but I technically should be covered by this too. So there's a few people that are in that gray area, but
2: I've got a feeling that there's going to be not too many. There's going to be a welcome back package part two, phase two. The oops, we kind of screwed up again. So (laughs) here's the Britney
0: Spears package exactly. Well, I look forward to that. All right, we have a lot more news, but first we want to thank Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of TNT. Squarespace is awesome. I use it for my blog and if you don't, they are pretty much the fastest and easiest way to create a very high quality website or blog. Um, you, you can you can create a site. I mean, literally within minutes. I mean, whether you want to create a site from scratch, um, you're a CSS expert, for example, you know exactly what you want, and you know how to do it, that's cool. Or if you want to start from a template, and Squarespace has a bunch of beautiful templates on their website. If you click their examples tab, you get a a really good overall sense of the kinds of blogs and websites you can put together. They've got great iPhone and iPad apps. The iPad app, I love especially for especially cleaning up comments or, or, uh, you know, adding little addendums to blog posts that I've already written. Online resources, good support team, 24 hours a day, seven days a week customer service. I have used them in the middle of the night. They always get back to me very quickly um, and I appreciate that. I know I shouldn't be admitting that, but sometimes I blog late at night and then I get confused and I need help. Uh, social media buttons to connect your website visitors to your networks on Facebook and Twitter there's nice little widgets you can have down your right hand rail or wherever you want to um, set up your blog and then good website tracking and, and you know and metrics so you know who sent you you know you, you have a blog spike and you wonder who's my referral Squarespace does a really good job of letting you know uh, where your users are coming from and what they're reading. If you're interested, you get a free 14-day trial. So you can just check it out. See if Squarespace is the right thing for you. Sign up for a free account. You don't even have to enter your credit card. You just get 14 days free. Start building your website. See how great Squarespace is. And uh, their annual plans um, are are very reasonable. And you can get a savings of up to 20% off. Squarespace.com slash TNT is the URL. That's how they know you came through us. And we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode of TNT. Squarespace. I was, you were like, have you used Squarespace before? And I said, yeah, my blog. Yeah, I guess I've, you don't read
2: it. No, <laughs> I guess not. Well, I do talk to you in real life. That's true. So that's I true. kind of think that what's going to be on the blog, you might actually say.
0: No, yeah, that's true. I actually haven't uh, update, updated my blog in a while. I go in and clean up comments more than I actually spew oh. information. I kind of change that.
2: That's why I don't know go. Yeah, right, that's right, because I'm leaving the comments.
0: Well, you know why I don't blog? is because I read so much tech news, like how Amazon is prepping a dual core A tablet called Coyote, codenamed Coyote anyway, and a quad-core tablet dubbed Hollywood for later this year. At least that's what Boy Genius Report's source is reporting. Boy Genius Report has had sources that have come through Mm -hmm. in the past, so we're inclined to think that this story might have legs. So. Coyote is going to be the entry level tablet. Uh, it will be be uh, allegedly based on the Nvidia Tegra 2 platform. Hollywood based on the Nvidia T30 Call L quad core processor with apparently a 500% performance increase over the dual core Tegra 2. No words on screen sizes at this point. I don't know. I, I mean, I would, I would guess maybe the entry level would be more like a seven and, and the Call L at a 10. I don't know, that's just a guess. But uh, I don't know I mean I'm, that sounds interesting. I love Amazon. I mean I, they, they provide good customer service. they have a, they have a very um, loyal fan base. people people who use Amazon regularly love Amazon. They want to buy products from Amazon. Kindle users are a great example of that. I mean the Kindle you know in so many ways can't compete with tablets on so many levels, but Kindle users love the Kindle uh, because it does certain things very well and again because they trust Amazon. And it's a good experience.
2: Yeah, we, we've been hearing news about Amazon's tablets and possibly Android-powered tablets for a while now. Jeff Bezos hasn't ruled it out, saying "stay tuned," that kind of stuff. Yeah, like where everyone's kind of expecting that, and so slowly th- these details sound like something they would do. I mean, they already have two versions of the Kindle, right? They have that small one in the DX, and nobody buys the DX. But this would make a lot more sense. The Hollywood—I mean, if it's called Hollywood, I'm imagining this is probably the the big one for really good movies and everything. Maybe it's a 16-9 aspect ratio. This is just a guess based on the code names, Coyote. I'm figuring this is probably something small, something they can you can, maybe the seven-inch one like you're talking about. That sounds like, that sounds about right. But the thing is, even though that's the entry-level, Tegra 2 is pretty powerful. So you'll be able to probably do a lot of the games and videos and whatever you want to do on this small tablet. Uh, There's still no word on the screen sizes, but I'm still, I think the seven and maybe 10 is probably where they're going to go.
0: There's a blog post uh, on TechCrunch that went up last night, uh, you know, that, that sort of asked the question, all right, well, are we getting into this sort of Google versus Amazon in the tablet market kind of a situation? I mean, we we assume these will be Android tablets, but what's, Amazon is obviously already built an app store. Amazon wants things to be branded Amazon. I mean, that's, that's worked for them in the past. There's no reason why they wouldn't try to go forward with an Amazon skinned, themed, very personalized, customized Android tablet. What's to stop them from, entering into a partnership with Microsoft to run Bing search, for example. I mean, does Google start losing out on Amazon's gain in in the tablet market?
2: Well, Amazon could subsidize. I mean, they, they're doing that with ads already on the Kindle. So uh, deal with Bing, that's possible. I'd imagine they probably just wanted to slap ads on, on these things too to subsidize the cost, bring it down, and people will use their their uh, device. I, although, if they want that Google-branded app thing, I and mean, we've talked about this, when uh, how Google was controlling uh, phone releases, okay? So if you want Gmail's official app or YouTube or the Google app market, you got to play by Google's rules, and I'm pretty sure that they would probably be, hey, you shouldn't have Bing on your device. <laughs> right. If you want our apps, we're not going to disclose this to the public. That's probably where yeah, but they they've would They've done go. that on phones. I mean-
3: you know, that Bing search has been uh, utilized into Android phones to replace Google search.
2: That's true. And, and from the other reports, Google was not exactly thrilled about that. Well, I'm sure they weren't
3: thrilled about Yeah, it.
2: apparently they wanted to stop that. There was apparently litigation about whether uh, whether that was, if they were using techniques to make that not happen elsewhere. Right. Whether they were legal or not was a whole other issue.
0: Well, also, what if Amazon knocks it out of the park with some version of Android, you know, an Amazon-specific version of Android that everybody loves, which makes other versions of Androids pale in comparison? I'm not could... saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, what does Google do at that point? Do they start locking things down more so they retain control? Do they have to admit that, uh, that, that they, they can't be uh, so in control of the, of the Android experience?
2: I'm not sure if Amazon would want to go through the effort of skinning something like Honeycomb. I mean, Google's done a lot of work to make that thing uh, pretty good out of the box. And there's very little customization necessary on that. Versus if you look at the original version of Android... It was kind of sparse, and and uh, you know HTC did some great skinning, and uh, Samsung tried theirs. A lot of people did their own skinning, but Honeycomb is pretty mature, so I don't know if Amazon's going to bother to do the resources for that. But, but then,
0: it, why would they make a tablet if it was just the standard Honeycomb experience with no customization? I mean, why, why? Why go through all the effort to create an Amazon app store, Amazon tablets that are different if they're not different? I
3: mean, well, I mean, one one reason would be to install that app store and all of their you know apps mm-hmm. directly onto the tablet that you buy so that you're buying into the Amazon ecosphere. It would still have to have the Google market in order for Google to give it. You know the uh, the official go ahead with all of their apps, so it still had to have that on there. But if they had made their own tablets, they could just load it on there just the same that HTC puts their own you know bloatware or whatever that they load onto their phones and all the other manufacturers do on their phones. They could do the same thing, and that means more people using their
2: marketplace yeah, and the preloaded app store from Amazon would probably have access to something like all their cloud services that are still mysteriously not available for a lot of devices. So they have a real, real major thing here. They have their Instant Prime video. You can watch that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that on tablets just yet. Maybe with Flash. I'm not sure. Is that is that the case? Do you know? Dude, do- can, can you watch Prime on uh, on an Amazon uh, on a tablet right now?
3: That's a really good question. I haven't tried because that
2: because I, I don't know why like Amazon. If it's
3: Flash, I mean, I don't know why play. not. Yeah, but
2: Amazon hasn't released apps for the iOS for this thing. It seems like they're just kind of holding and sitting on this. Hey, we have a music service, we have video services, and you can't access it on anything but our tablet. Stay tuned.
0: Exactly. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll know more, uh, at least in time for holiday season 2011. Coyote in Hollywood. We're ready to know more. Uh, tell us soon, Jeff Bezos. Okay, moving on to the most digital city in America. Guess who wants to be the most digital city in
2: America? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh,
0: wrong. Wrong. Um, well, they probably do want to be the Tallahassee. city. But think bigger. Think, think bigger you know, than think Louisville? apples and, and not sleeping. Las Vegas? No.
2: Mm. Think,
0: think your hometown. New York. Yes. Okay. And that's n- correct. N- n- big, New York right. wants to be the next top digital city. And this isn't a reality show. This is actually reality. Uh, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg has released a report explaining exactly how serious they are about this. They want to offer wireless internet access in all parks, have vast reserves of data available to programmers. They want to host live chats uh, regularly. They want to register the .NYC web domain name for businesses. They have official partnerships rolling out with Twitter, Facebook, NY, uh, New York-based startups, Foursquare and Tumblr, which are you know two of the most well-known successful startups uh, based in New York City. On Twitter, at NYC Gov will be the official New York account will be used for providing updates and city news and services and things like that. What's interesting is that uh, Michael Bloomberg says, well, I, you know, I have a Facebook and a Twitter page, but I don't really use any of that stuff. I, I'm just old fashioned. I just like email. So he's obviously just going to have to have other people running the show because he's not going to be able to do well, it. I mean, he's
2: probably busy doing other things. He is the mayor. They have. Right. They have a, cleaning
0: a, up a, the crime. Somebody in
2: their digital division. I forget her official title, but th- that was a big deal when Rachel New York. Rachel Stern. I think. Right, when New is. York hired her to run their their whole digital initiative. I mean, the scale of this. If New York City can do this right, and we're talking about Wi-Fi and parks and this kind of stuff, that's going to be. A nice uh, blueprint, hopefully, for other cities. I know there are other cities already trying things like this, but uh, it's interesting to see a city act kind of like a business. They're like, "Okay, look, we need to have a social media presence." Right. Like, why does a city necessarily need that? Other than the fact that you know, kids growing up these days are like, you know what? If it's not on Facebook, I'm not going to contact you. And mm-hmm. if I can't at-reply New York City, I'm not going to me- uh, contact them at all. So this is kind of it's, it's forward-thinking. It also legitimizes these services a lot. I mean. Twitter, like seriously, like this little thing where people are like, "Well, I had a sandwich," and now it's like, "Oh, by the way, my apartment's on fire." Like you can <laughs> send send it to three one one. You can have live chats if your landlord's being a jerk. Three one one is a service in New York where you can complain about uh, basically stuff that's going on. So huh. if your landlord's hap- uh, doing something terrible, right. you have an outlet, uh, and it's just the phone number you dial. That's what three one one is. Uh, so this is an interesting idea. I like. I, I'm obviously biased though.
0: Yeah, here's the thing is that New York is certainly not the first city to want to up their their digital initiatives, right? I mean, just last year, and this is a whole you know this is a, a different survey it was called the center for digital government's 10th annual digital cities survey put boston massachusetts as number one and new york was all the way down at number six and this was like in the areas of education and human services public safety environment open government all you know it, it with the digital spin so it's not as if New York is the first city to go, hey, you know what, we should have Wi-Fi in parks so that people can be more connected and have a way to, uh, to, to talk to the city government. What I wonder is how successful it will be. In San Francisco, for, for example, um, I know that there's an official Twitter account for the mayor, which I've never tweeted at nor do I follow, not because I don't care about the city, but I have all these sort of independent, gossipy neighborhood blogs that give me a lot of information. And sometimes that's more helpful to me because I know that they don't have an agenda the way sometimes a city government may want to put a certain spin on something so that the public doesn't freak out about things. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, if this all ends up working out for New York, how transparent they end up being and, and how it's actually bringing folks together besides getting Wi-Fi in Central Park, which would be awesome. I'm
2: just thinking about the way I've seen government sites kind of drag their feet as well. They're like, hey, best, best viewed with Internet Explorer 2. And you're like, How, when did they design this site? When is this stuff going to get updated? Yeah. So this kind of movement is always, I think, welcomed.
0: Well, you know, speaking of movements, uh, apparently the Intel CEO, Paul Odellini, says, we're shifting to mobile. In 2012, Intel on mobile. Or did he? He sort of of did.
2: There was an investor meeting, and Paul Orlini did speak. And here's the quote that's being blown out of proportion on a lot of sites. Uh, Quote, no big announcement from Intel on smartphones today. Phones in first part of next year, an area of intense focus for us. So from that, we've seen headlines that said, Intel on smartphones in 2012. It's like, yeah, okay, that's the goal. They didn't exactly say they are. They have partners or anything like that. Uh, An
0: intense focus and phones in the first part of next year right, sounds like if they don't hit phones in the first part of next year, it was vague enough so that nobody missed a deadline.
2: And this is something Intel's been trying to do for a long time. You hear the same spiel out of me. They are They're competing with ARM. They're mm-hmm. getting their butts kicked. They always had a lot of power, but it ate a lot of battery power. So that's not why they were in cell phones. You wouldn't get Intel on your cell phone because it would kill your phone. Right now, they have new uh, new technologies that should be more power efficient. So this is much more likely. They also said, I mean, Odolini also said, we're not going to make ARM processors." Yes. So that kills any any of that speculation. ARM is a licensable technology, so anybody can build these things, including Intel and they they pretty
0: much said it's not it doesn't make sense for us to license this we could build something better so once you say that then you have to say and by the way we are building something i mean we care it's not like we're not gonna license arm and we're not going to try they have to at least vaguely say beginning of next year you'll probably see something much better than arm from us low power
2: that's where we're probably gonna see that i mean they they have to get into the space because everyone's devices have changed right your personal computer it's no longer just a laptop, it's a phone. So they, they have to get into that market eventually.
0: Yeah, it's worth noting that, like you said, blown out of proportion, depending on the headline that you read, either nothing really is new in the world of Intel, or, Intel is going mobile soon! Yep. So it, it just, it's all about uh, wh- where your sources are and how they're interpreting the story and how fast you're reading the story from the from the sources. Uh, services, Twitter, advertising, apparently not a match made in heaven for just any old business. Yeah,
2: Twitter was trying out these little ads, I guess, on the on the right side of, of their pages, and apparently people aren't clicking through. Right. So uh, advertisers kind of talked about this, and they are not happy about it, which probably means, though, that Twitter's going to have to try something new if they want to make money on Twitter, because still... I don't really know what their business model is. I mean,
0: Yeah, the whole idea is that uh, Twitter has gotten into hot water with their users in the past. The Quick Bar, which we've discussed ad nauseum on the show in the past, was an example of Twitter trying to introduce new advertising um, models into the mobile platform. People got upset about it because it was too invasive. Twitter said, you know what, this is not going well. They yanked it. We haven't seen anything, but uh, Twitter has said, listen, this is not the end of our mobile platform. Um, experiments, that just was a particular one that didn't work. But for now, what we have is promoted tweets. Um, and these are the either, yes, on the right-hand rail that end up being uh, in the trending topics area, or they end up showing up at the top of a search result. So if I search for TNT, um, something that may be promoted with a, a certain search term would be up at the top. It says promoted tweet, So it's, you know, they're not fooling anybody into clicking on, on something. Um, it's, it's pretty clear that it's promoted tweet. The problem is, is that, no one's really clicking on them. Not nobody, but the businesses, especially smaller businesses that have to put up a lot of cash up front in order to get these spots are not seeing the click-through rates that uh, that they need to make it cost-effective.
2: Yeah, so Twitter's going to have to figure out like, either they're going to put more advertising in or they're going to hide that little promoted tweet thing. I mean, how are they going to make money on what they're doing? I mean, it, things could change because they want to put something invasive like the quick bar. But I mean, they have been responsive to these things. So if, if the user base doesn't like what's going on, They've changed stuff before.
0: They have, and I, and I think they, you know, it's not like they're out of ideas here. They're 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 trying to figure out what's best for the users, which of course I appreciate, um, but also make it worthwhile for businesses. The problem is, is that they've got to figure this out because this is their business model. And you know, I don't want to have uh, promoted tweets somehow in my timeline. That's not very clear to me, or otherwise makes if I'm following you and you know, there's something that's, you know, it just, it can be messy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as Google ads annoy the crap out of me when it's in the middle of an article, which sometimes happens, but that is the sort of thing that people resort to when they really need that revenue back. So uh, we'll just have to, uh, we'll have to hope that Twitter makes the right decisions. And with that, onto the news views. Well, Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss really just refuse to rest until they get more money out of Mark Zuckerberg. In fact, they're filing a petition with the U.S. Supreme Court to hear their case. After last month, a ninth, a ninth security court judge said that the 2008 case, if you don't recall, that was the one in which they were rewarded $65 million after claiming Zuck stole their social network idea. That one was still binding, said that judge, even though Facebook's valuation is a lot bigger than it used to be. Good luck, Winklevy. and then zip
2: it. Uh, hopefully, Supreme Court will end this.
0: It, I mean, you can't, that's,
2: that's the ceiling, that's to the right? That's the end, you that's, think it's the that's end. the end of the yellow brick road. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Let's talk about Nintendo and Best Buy. They're teaming up. If you have a 3DS, you can get free Wi-Fi at, at 1,000 Best Buy stores starting in June. By using Nintendo's Spot Pass at Best Buy, you'll get movie trailers, offers, and gaming extras, whatever that is. So if you've got a 3DS, uh, you now have a reason to hang out at Best Buy. Just stay there all day.
0: Awesome, I go there all day just because of the taco truck outside. Best Buy in San Francisco has really good taco trucks. Uh, The numbers are in, numbers are in. And guess what? You like Microsoft, I like Microsoft. We all love Microsoft, it's true. The American Customer Satisfaction Index shows satisfaction with Microsoft software reaching a new peak of 78 on the 100 point ASCI index. That's up from a low of 69 in just 2008. So they've gained the index the last three years in a row. They distance themselves from windows vista they make strides with windows seven so customers are like at least in the u.s microsoft they're starting to look better to us but they still need to turn their revenue numbers around because the windows division if you recall did fall four percent last quarter
2: with the xbox maker makes software ah, that's, that's yeah, news to me
0: yeah yeah it's uh lucky number seven that's crazy yeah. Ag-
2: according to a report by sandvine netflix is so huge that it accounts for 29.7 percent of peak downstream internet traffic from north america Last year, it was only 21%. So our guess is that if Netflix starts carrying porn, it would account for 100% of all traffic.
0: (laughs) Sony's PSN hacker woes may be winding down, let's hope. But now they've got new enemies, pirates, and real pirates, actually. A shipment of Sony Ericsson Xperia Play smartphones to New Zealand has been stolen, or so says Vodafone New Zealand, who tweeted from the account, Vodafone NZ, regret to advise the Xperia Play launch will be delayed. Major security breach. The shipment of phones has been stolen. Stolen from Sony, stolen from Vodafone. We don't know, but we know that physical security issues are really, really bad.
2: Yeah, sympathy. And not
0: good for Sony.
2: Sympathy for Sony right now. Yeah. Very little bit there. Tiny little violin. Sympathy for the devil? I don't know. I had to. According to The Guardian, Apple is now investigating Lotus Patent claims. If you forgot, Lotus is trying to get app developers to pay it a uh, license fee since it claims to have a patent that covers things like in-app upgrades. Expect the investigation to be magical. A new survey
0: says that Sprint customers are the happiest wireless subscribers in the U.S. Verizon folks, that's me. We're at number two, happy number mm. two. Mm. AT&T and T-Mobile customers apparently not really all that thrilled to be customers, considering misery loves company. ATT and T-Mobile customers, they may be a
2: good match. Yeah, they not love each other. Miserate. They're all very, Ice cream. Very unhappy. Beer. Back in November, Prime Minister Cameron announced that the UK would review its intellectual property framework. The review was just published and it calls for allowing people to rip their CDs and DVDs without making people criminals. On top of that, the plan also calls for an automated process to license copyrighted materials, we now await the content company's response calling this horribly evil, and it'll ruin everything because people can actually have their content.
0: And finally, uh, I, as you know a little bit more about the story than I do because as an Apple consumer, mm-hmm. I am the first to admit that I love Apple products. I'm a happy iPad and iPhone MacBook user, but I've never really found it to be a religious experiment experience, to, well, that. to to be an Apple fan.
2: Well, if, if somebody took an MRI of an Apple fanatic, it turns out, a UK neuroscientist did this, they took a look at their brains and found out that uh, when they see Apple products, it stimulates the same part of the brain as religious imagery does in people of faith. So well, they are having an experience, uh, and it's been proven. This is what MRIs are showing us.
0: Here's what I want to know. Uh, a fan and a fanatic, I know that Fan comes from the word fanatic, but there are many levels of Apple fanboy dumb worlds, right? right? I mean, putting, you know, maybe like an Apple tattoo on my shoulder, a little bit more of a fan, I think, that what I'm willing to do. But I don't know if that's even a religious experience in
2: itself. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's there's certain groups of people who will I don't know wait in a long long line in the rain or something. Right. Um, there there are people out there who have a fanatical experience. And <laughs> now we know why they 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 found something. They found meaning in Apple. So if you wait in the
0: rain long enough for that iPad 2, by the time it gets into your hands, it's it's, ah. <laughs> 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 it's my false idol. <laughs> All right, on to the calendar. Well, we've got a birthday to celebrate today, 150 years old. Guess who it is? Color photography. Wow. Yeah, color photography was introduced to the world 150 years ago today. Happy birthday. I would sing Kodachrome, but that's actually just sort of a sad story that doesn't have anything to do with this. Starting May 19th, you can pre-order Sony Ericsson's Xperia Play, or you could just wait until the 26th to pick it up in stores for around $200. bucks. is, if pirates don't pirate them first, more word on that later, Barnes & Noble will have a special announcement on May 24th. People are speculating this is a new nook. I don't know. What do you think? We'll find out on the 24th. The Duke Nukem Forever demo is slated for June 3rd. Sure it is. The full game's launch is June 14th. Sure it is. For the U.S. And will be internationally available on June 19th. Sure it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I don't understand. Why are you guys being such naysayers? Why are you being so cynical? No particular reason. No? No. Well, we practically I mean,
3: spent our life being naysayers. This like, do, is this is forever. this is news. <laughs> so I don't. I mean,
0: it, things like this don't change. Yeah, that's true. And Acer's Iconia Tab and Asus's E Pad Transformer will get Android 3.1 in early June. Zoom, you're special now, but your days are numbered. At least when it comes to this.
2: So 3.1 still special. So that, oh yeah. So Honeycomb wasn't affected by the Android thing anyway. So 3.1 mm-hmm. is good too. Uh, we got some emails about the segment after the News Fuse, which we've been internally calling The Kicker. We got some ideas from Charlie Hoover. Left field? Seriously? Well, hang on. These are these are actual separate ones. Number left, one, left field. Left field, two, seriously, three, from the dustbin, four, no, really, five, would we lie, and the last one of this, what? What? <laughs> I like from the dustbin, like, this is a horrible news story that we dug out of the dumpster <laughs> in order to deliver to you. We decided to, to give this news story life again. Right, so. like, I like left field. It seems like it'd be a Tom Merritt kind field. of thing. Left it's field. baseball baseball. Left field kind yeah. of good.
0: Justin in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, suggested calling it the Boom. I'm not really sure why. I like
2: that because then you can lower the boom. Oh. Right. And and we always have, well, no, I guess there
3: is a boom part of the news fuse. I was Mm -hmm. thinking we light the fuse, but there isn't a boom, but there's always a boom. So it would be a boom
2: without a fuse. So maybe during the news fuse, we just have it hissing. Boom. Until the boom. Yeah. And then boom at the end. It would be the most annoying thing yeah, that, ever. <laughs> totally.
0: It's funny. We I'm ta- not
3: changing all those news fuse drops. We talk about all of
0: this, but we, we have to wait till Tom gets back. <laughs>
2: know, yeah. he'll, be,
0: he'll be like, no, That's no, no we, we'll definitely be able, not. And I'm not calling it the boom either. We'll be
2: able to <laughs> test him. Did you watch the show? Did you really watch the show? <laughs> no, th- right. no, he'll come back and be like, but
3: I have an idea for him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it while here's, I was away. Here, here's my idea,
0: and, and we're going to go with this one. <laughs> and we'll all go. Fine. Fine, Fine, Tom Merritt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Next email from Adam says, Hi, dear TNT. A friend of mine mentioned that by accepting any or all of the Welcome Back program by Sony for the outage, I could be signing away any rights to sue Sony in relation to the outage. Is there any truth to this, or is this a no-strings-attached apology from Sony?
2: You know, I was looking this up. I can't find the terms of service anywhere. Like, they're not online. So am I, I'm not getting my PS3 back. And if you guys didn't know, I just moved here. So my stuff is showing up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to check out the terms of service and see what exactly this says. Uh, I haven't seen any stories about this yet. So if you guys in the chat room, if, if you've seen this or if you're watching the show, send us an email. Let us know what the terms of service are. Do they actually try to get away with this kind of Yeah, scheme? please
0: let us know. And if so, uh, I am officially reprimanding Sony for not posting this somewhere that's easy for people to find mm-hmm. because if this is a hidden... You know, a hidden, uh, a little uh, legal speak, then uh, people should know about it ahead of time. Just a quick note before we sign off here that tonight, um, Tuesday, May 17th, down in Los Angeles at the Acme Comedy Theater, Hollywood Helps Alabama Tornado Relief webcast is going to be going on. Um, Some of us here at Twit are participating uh, uh, um, along with a lot of. Cool folks in the industry who care, who are, who are trying to raise money for the effort. If you want, if you're in the LA area and you want to participate, you want to be in the live audience, tickets are still available. If you go to acmecomedy.com slash tickets.htm, uh, there's a URL for the live stream. Anybody who's not in LA or just wants to participate, learn more, see us, uh, you know, chat live. Um, it's going to be at Ustream uh, TV slash Alabama Relief. And if you're feeling generous, and I really hope you are, because those folks in Alabama could really use our help, the URL for online donations is American.RedCross.org slash webcast. You can also follow some of the social media chatter on Twitter. The hashtag is HHAlabamaTR. T R. And the hashtag to use on any tweets if you want to join in the conversation is pound H-H-A-T-R. Hollywood Helps, Alabama Tornado Relief Tonight, the webcast down in L.A. at the Acme Comedy Theater. Um, participate however you can. And we thank you in advance for helping us out. That's it for us. 260-TNT-SHOW is our uh, phone Most number. Time. You can email us at TNT at twit.tv. We'll be here tomorrow, same time, same place, without Tom Merritt.
2: Yeah, if you if, if you want to see your show face, without merit, if you want to see your face on our show, send us a video voicemail. You could yes. post it on YouTube. Send us an email with that link, and that would be great.
0: We'd love to see you. See you guys tomorrow. Bye. I
1: wish
0: I had a hula hoop.